It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, KT, Wednesday night, Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo, one of three in the Vegas Valley to serve you, but always catch Ken Thompson Wednesday nights right here. A couple uh, appetizers given away by KT. Uh, you remember, uh, if you get up here, if you're one of the first two, I'm here, I'm set up by 445. Actually, I'm here in the building by 445, usually set up by 5 at the latest, sometimes earlier. But if you come up and say, KT, I'd like uh, one of those free appetizers, you're good to go. And almost everybody takes my recommendation and gets the Lamb Chops. Steiner's Pub, known for the Lamb Chop appetizer. There's several other great ones on the menu as well. Outstanding entrees, 24 hours a day. Got to be 21 and older, but the food is outstanding, and the prices, very, very reasonable. That's one thing. Roger Sachs has never really jacked up the prices. You see so many places since COVID. I mean, you can't even go through a drive through I mean, literally, I, I will just say this. Myself, Christy, and uh, daughter Jordan, real quick, just stopped at a drive through at one of the fast food places on the way back from Tucson from going to a concert. $40 for three of us. And nothing extravagant. Absolutely unbelievable. I mean, you get anything large, I mean, God forbid you're going to get something from a fountain drink and they're going to jack it up 200 300%. It's like ridiculous. So Steiner's Pubs, get over to one of the three establishments. They are outstanding. 8410 West Cheyenne, that's the original. 25th year. 1750 North Buffalo, also on the west side where KT is, right there, Albertson Shopping Center, Vegas Drive in Buffalo, and then the one on the boulevard, 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South, right there at Windmill and Las Vegas Boulevard South, in between South Point and Mandalay Bay, to put it in perspective. Food is outstanding. Gaming is great, too. Want to just kick back, have some spirits, play some video poker, video kino. They've got all the games, progressive jackpots. Full bar, what they don't have in the bottle, they've got on tap as far as the beers. And then a full bar selection, big time. Now, remember, I was talking about John Taffer. He'll be in studio on Monday and a little bar rescue. You don't have to worry about him going into Steiner's because everything's so clean here. He'd come in and give it an A+. But uh, I was telling Kelly, one of the managers here, about Taffer's butter bourbon. She's like, we got it. I'm like, all right, great. Let's try it. It is good. I'm telling very, very smooth. I'm not a hard alcohol drinker like I was back in my younger days. But this is one that you can sip and uh, put over the rocks, have it neat. doesn't much matter. It is good stuff. And uh, had to get that out there. So I'll be uh, tweeting out a picture there and uh, good stuff. And that will at least give me a leg up when Taffer comes in on Monday. So he can't say, you haven't even tried the stuff. I'll just say, no, actually I have. So good stuff there. All right, uh, SportsX Radio, Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 p.m. Uh, was the old time. And now, of course, 6 to 8 I'm pretty fortunate that I have that 6 o'clock hour. So always appreciate because I know a lot of you stuck in traffic, driving home, and we get you all the scores, get all that good stuff. But we started out just like this. Now, the starting five. Number one. 
All right, so let's go number one, and I'm going to go to the biggest story of the day, and that, of course, is Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan. Like I told you, KT said, where is he going, Chargers? I mean, I would say 70% of the guys that I know, we were all on the same page there. Some thought maybe going back to Michigan. Others thought maybe a chance that he goes to Atlanta just because more cap space there. Got to work out a lot over there uh, in L.A. with the Chargers team. Again, you have Herbert, quarterback. You've got some really good pieces there. But you got to really figure out that salary cap. But uh, tell you what, Andy Reid, I mean, kidding me? Got Sean Payton. And we got Antonio Pierce, so we're feeling good. Now, Tom Telesco, the old Charger GM, is right here. That hiring was made by the Raiders yesterday. But Jim Harbaugh, five-year deal. And we will see exactly, uh, you know, how he transitions back to the NFL. So, I mean, had a nice run over there. San Francisco with the Niners and uh, then back to Michigan. And now he is back. NFL. We're going to see a lot of him. And we're going to have a rude awakening for him when he comes into Allegiant Stadium next year. Because this Raider team is going to be ready to roll by then. Looking forward to it. But uh, congratulations to Harbaugh. We'll see if any ramifications come down on Michigan's Wolverine program now that he's out of town. We'll wait and see. But uh, Jim Harbaugh, the new head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Number two. All right, so that means Harbaugh is out, right, at Michigan. So that means, well, where are you going to go to get a new coach? Well, they're going to focus right in on Sharon Moore. Moore did an adequate job when Harbaugh could not coach those last three games, first three and last three of the regular season. But those last three, at Penn State, Maryland, and then Ohio State at home, and he won all three of those. So Sharon Moore should be given a contract opportunity Sometime, I'd say, in the next 24 to 48 hours is what we're hearing. So we will indeed see if that does come to fruition. But how do you not offer the guy the job? He stepped up big time, and he was just, I mean, a huge part of that national championship undefeated season for Michigan. Came through in flying colors, and I expect Jerome Moore will get the job. In fact, a Michigan insider who knows a lot of people stops in Steiners on Wednesday nights, and he told me, Done deal. Sharon Moore will be the next coach for the Michigan Wolverines. Number three. Nah, this is number three. I tried to bury it, but uh, look, I love Kevin Kruger. Lon Kruger, class act and Hall of Famer. Kevin Kruger, solid coach. And I like Kev. He was a good, solid player, good point guard, could shoot the rock. Last night, one of the worst efforts ever. And I I can't blame coaching. I mean, because Kevin Kruger was ticked off. At halftime, I heard him. John Sandler talking to him, just like, what's going on? Down 15. They were down 23. Cut it to 15, going to halftime. At home, Thomas and Matt. But are you kidding me? Against the Air Force, who didn't even have a win inside the Mountain West. They were 0-6. And Ritus Petratus ends up with the second-ever triple-double in Air Force history. How about this final score? Air Force 90. The running Revs, 58 you got to be kidding me. I mean, I don't care if you lose, but you better show some heart and soul and battle because Kevin Kruger was beside himself, and I know that's got to drive him nuts because when a team just quits or just is that bad, I mean, I guess maybe you tried, and it's just one of those games where, you know, every now and then you'll see NFL, college football, they're like, we're not even going to watch the highlights. We're not even going to go over that film. We're taking it. We're burning it. It's a bad game, just like a nightmare get it out of our system but there's something about air force and that program it doesn't matter who the coach is for unlv pretty much 
that Air Force program always comes into Thomas and Mack and is ready to play. Never more ready than they were last night. 90-58, to 58, blowout city. Let's hope the running Rebs can get it back together, but that was unbelievable, and I don't even know how you come back from that one because your only losses inside conference play were very, very close losses, and you come off a three-point loss in Fort Collins against Colorado State on Friday. I don't get it. Hopefully, just one of those things, and we'll look for the running Rebs to bounce back. Number four. And I didn't mean to overlook this uh, big monumental stat here that came down the other night. Tara Vanderveer is now the winningest coach in college basketball history. She passed Coach K with win number, what is it, 1,203? I mean, unbelievable. She has been at Stanford for a long time. I'm sorry, yeah, 1,203rd victory. And uh, she got that against Oregon State at Maples Pavilion, 65-56, and that was over the weekend on Sunday. So the all-time winningest coach. She also was the head coach for Lindy LaRock. Remember Lindy LaRock, Durango High School, and, of course, now she is the head honcho for our Lady Rebels right here in town. So a lot of that knowledge Lindy LaRock possesses now, she grabbed over there when she played at Stanford for the legendary Tara Vanderveer, all-time winning as college basketball coach. Very, very impressive. Congratulations to Tara Vanderveer and the Stanford Lady Cardinal. Number five. And then we'll go back to the NFL because this could actually bring the hoaxer into play here because his Eagles, right? They need a good defensive coordinator. They may get one because Vic, Vic Fangio is out there as defensive coordinator for the Miami Dolphins. So he becomes the top target there for those Philadelphia Eagles, according to Jeremy uh, Fowler, who covers the Eagles. So we'll see. I mean, Fangio's getting up there in years. He's 65, but he's still a young 65, and he knows the game pretty well, and he knows defense. I don't know why... Miami didn't see eye to eye. I guess, you know, they bowed out quickly in the playoffs, so Mike McDaniel needed a scapegoat, so why not blame it on the defense? But the offense was pathetic in several of those games, including the finale against Buffalo at home. So, I mean, you could blame Fangio, but I don't think that's the right guy to blame. Won't surprise me if the Eagles do grab Vic Fangio, and that'll be a key pillar there for those Philadelphia Eagles. And that is a look at the starting five here on this Wednesday night. Mark Lawrence will join me, of course, at uh, 625. And then Andy Isco, hour number two, going to bring Arthur DeCesar back on Friday from the Westgate Superbook. Should have Odessa Turner, former Giant and 49er receiver, in the studio on Friday as well. Hopefully Richard Roby in for hour number two tomorrow. Colorado Buffalo all-time leading scorer on hardwood. And uh, probably Noah Parker may get him in there as well tomorrow, making sure he doesn't have any nighttime golf. I mean, if I could get that guy off the links, it's always always good. But uh, he's, of course, still one of those Buffalo Bill diehards still uh, licking his wounds. But lots of stuff going on in sports. Now, bad news for uh, Kansas City Chiefs. They're all pro guard. Uh, Joe Tooney looks like he's going to miss against the Ravens. That is a big loss right there. So, I mean, the Ravens' defense doesn't really need too many advantages, but that's a big one there. And uh, Mahomes, you know, he figures things out on the fly, but that Baltimore defense is a different animal. And I'm not saying the Bills defense isn't good, but remember, Rap was out. I mean, defense was never really the same for Buffalo when Matt Milano went down. Really love that guy. I mean, I love a good middle linebacker like that that's involved in just about every play. If he doesn't have a tackle, he's got an assist, or he's, you know, Great signal caller to the other defenders, letting them know where to go, what's coming up. So uh, not going to blame the D there for Buffalo. I mean, it was a 
catastrophic loss, but they all are when you get that far, and it's only because they haven't won the whole thing. But when you're in there, you know, being a Knicks fan, I mean, Patrick Ewing and the guys, I mean, so many chances, right? But, I mean, also the, the Chicago Bulls, I mean, how many times did they have the Knicks number back in the day? Right? Really frustrating. But is what it is, and sometimes there's just that team that's a little bit better. Mm, and I was actually watching the uh, Utah Jazz, Chicago Bulls, that finale there when Jordan ends up hitting over Russell. But it was really the play before that because they were down three after Stockton hit a three. And then Jordan drove real hard to the basket. And Doug Collins doing a great job on the color commentating their costumes calling the game. And uh, says they need to get a shot, you know, so they can go two for one possession-wise because they're down three. And what happens, Jordan gets it, and he goes right to the rack in four seconds, cuts the lead down to one. It's crazy. And then uh, Stockton misses the three at the end. Didn't need a three because they were only down one, but, you know, he was on 36 years old at the time. So, you know what, I'll live and die with Stockton shooting a shot. Uh, but it was a little bit more contested than he wanted to be, and I think he rushed it. Uh, and, of course, Russell always saying, hey, I got pushed off a little bit by Jordan, but, you know, it's Jordan, man. Going to get away with that stuff. When in doubt, you're going to get away with it. All right, SportsX Radio on a uh, Wednesday night. Tomorrow, throwback Thursday. And uh, then on Friday, got good stuff. Then, like I told you, got Bar Rescue Man coming in there. Mr. Taffer will be in there, John Taffer, on Monday. And Michael Goddard as well, eclectic rock and roll artist. Can't wait to meet that guy. I mean, I was just watching YouTube video and just a lot of stuff that he's been doing over the years. So that's going to be a fun show on Monday. Then we're going to be on Radio Row starting on the 5th of February. And that'll be a lot of fun, too. Don't know all the guests, the lineups. I mean, there's always people around. Now, my show, of course, being 6 to 8 p.m., a lot of the shows are going to be over. But KT show will be rocking and rolling. So we'll grab some good people. I've got several people, too, that are going to be in town, Adam Rank, NFL Network. But there's going to be, you know, some players. And, and I got a list of uh, a lot of Super Bowl players or uh, winners that are in town and uh, hopefully get some of those guys over there as well. So looking forward to that. Let me go to the scores real quick because I know my pal Fran McCaffrey, not a happy camper. Iowa just blew a lead against Maryland and then end up losing by two points there near the buzzer. Unreal. That's a heartbreaker. And now they've got to go on the road for a couple games. So they're going to be in trouble, but a good win for Maryland as they get it done. Real quick, as far as in the association, T-Wolves, 108-99. They lead on the road over Washington, 335 to go fourth quarter. Pistons, 112-106. Yes, five seconds away. They will win. So Seawind's going to get another win. They're going to beat the Hornets, and they're only minus two and a half, so they're going to cover that game as well. Grizzlies will lead the Heat. Remember, uh, Rozier going over to Miami. Miami was an 11.5-point home favorite. They trail Memphis, 81-68 after three. Keep an eye on that one. Rockets, 63-57. They lead the Blazers at the half in Houston. Blazers got jobbed on a game last night. I mean, just bizarre. I know they protested the game, but it was crazy. Uh, it's, I, I don't know. I think they, they tried to call a timeout, and, and then uh, Brogdon said somebody hit the ball, so when he let it go, they called a double dribble, actually, when he started dribbling. But he was saying, look, somebody hit the ball. But they were saying they called timeout. And Billups then stepped on the court to argue. And then they hit him with a double technical. It's just bizarre stuff. And Portland was leading at the time in the waning seconds. But they end up losing that game. Meanwhile, the Bucks are up 69-58 over the Cavs. Minus 6.5 at home. That's 8.49 to go third quarter in Milwaukee. Uh, Thunder and Spurs just about to get underway. 
from San Antonio. And OKC uh, off that win last night against Portland, minus 9, 240.5. Suns are at the Mavericks in Big D. Dallas leads at 41 to 30, 920 still to go in the first half. And then Hawks and Warriors from San Fran coming up in a little bit. That'll be the Warriors minus 6 total, 235.5. Some good, solid college basketball games. Got an overtime game. It's a heartbreaker for Western Carolina. They were down big to UNC Greensboro. And that's SOCON. I love that Southern Conference. That is really good stuff. But the Catamounts battled all the way back. They were down. They get the game into overtime, but they're going to lose anyway. Only four seconds to go. They're down four to UNC Greensboro, and they were minus a point and a half. It's a major game for the Catamounts. Yeah, they're going to be hard-pressed to uh, get things going now. And uh, that is, But there are a lot of good teams, Furman, Samford. Samford actually got beat by Furman tonight, and uh, Samford's still shorthanded, missing one of their better players. Uh, Troy beat Texas State, covered the 9, 78-65. Game gets over the total by three points. Bradley, minus eight and a half. You gotta be kidding me, man. I had the Braves minus eight and a half. 71-63. They win it by eight. They were up 16 on Murray State second half. They let them come back and then they win by eight. Oh, those games. The old hook sometimes ticks you off. I know. People are like, buy the half point, Thompson. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Marshall beat Georgia State by nine, minus four and a half. At home, they get the win, the cover. The game stays under the total. Citadel came all the way back. They were getting beat by Mercer by double digits at home. Came back and won 66 They were minus two, so they pushed that number. Total was 134.5. Game hits 134. You've got to be kidding me. 68-66, the final. Furman did beat Sanford. That's Sanford's first loss in the SoCon. 78-68, the final there. Paladins get the win in the cover. Game stays well under the 167.5, but they cover that 2.5. Georgia wins by two against LSU, but they were minus 4.5, so if you had to buy you Bengals, on the road in Athens, you get the cover. Game stays well under. And Providence avenges a loss earlier in the season at home to Seton Hall. They win in South Orange, New Jersey, 67-63. They were actually plus two and a half. But a nice job there by the Friars to get that win. East Tennessee State held on. They were up 16 on VMI. They win by one. Game stays under the total. They don't come close to covering that. Ten and a half. Davidson, uh, Steph's alma mater. I say that every time. 84-61. They crush St. Louis. This is a bad St. Louis Billigans, Billikens team. They were actually a two-point home favorite. But Davidson beat them by 23. 84-61 the final. Game still stays under by a point. South Florida wins at Temple. Minus one and a half in Philly. They win it by 6. 75-69 in a game that gets over by a half point. Total was 143.5, 75-69. You can't make this stuff up. It's unbelievable. Fordham leads Rhode Island, 70-68. to 10 seconds left in the second half. Rhode Island went off a 2.5-point favorite, 148. Maryland, I told you, beat Iowa 69-67. Game stayed well under the total. That's why I said Maryland loves to play that game in the 60s. I said that to Fran last night, and Iowa needed to get that game into the uh, 80s to really, you know, let me know that they were going to win that game. Chattanooga whipped up on Wofford on the road. Nice effort there in a pick'em game. Uh, Mox get the win, 79-65. Game stand under the total. Uh, James Madison, 78-62. They knock off Old Dominion. And I'll get you some other scores a little bit later uh, because i, I got to go to a break. But Virginia did beat NC State only by six, but that's good enough at the, South, at the uh, Westgate Superbook. At the Superbook, you were minus five and a half. Everywhere else in Vegas, they were minus six, Virginia. But if you laid five and a half there, sometimes that half point comes into play. 59-53, a win, cover, game stays under. Alabama, 57-51, they lead Bruce Pearl and Auburn. 11 minutes to go in Tuscaloosa. I'll keep an eye on that one. And i get you all the other scores a little bit later. Live from Vegas, 
We are, of course, at Steiner's Pub, and Mark Lawrence is going to come back with me, going to get into those two playoff games, and I know Mark's probably hitting the college hoops now, the NBA, all that good stuff. We'll talk about it when we come back. 101.5 FM, K-Dawn, streaming live on that worldwide Odyssey app. It is Ken Thompson. You're listening to SportsX Radio, produced by Mark Hoke, and, of course, the host of the Mark, show, Mark Hoke Show, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., the best in professional wrestling. It is KT, coming right back, live from Vegas. Cut off a little ACDC on a Wednesday night. A little shoot to thrill. Mark Hoke's been in the hits. KT live at Steiner's Pub. Mr. Mark Lawrence going to join me right now. Playbook Sports. That is the uh, venue and the winner of the Wise Guys contest. In my honor, Andy Isco following up, hour number two. So I got the uh, the best of Lawrence and Isco on Wednesday nights. Arthur DeCesar, Westgate Superbook. He will be back on the Friday lineup, it looks like. Uh, Mr. Lawrence. How are you uh, going to be spending that money? Because Colleen, that's the, the tough thing. She knows you won the contest. So it's not like you're, you're going to have that little side bank account, man. Colleen's going to be uh, making sure that she gets that 50-50 split. And she probably did some of the work for you, didn't she? Well, I would say I'd be remiss if I didn't say she did a lot of the work for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and she will also be sharing that check with me, I can assure you're you that. Darn right. 50-50, right? That's if, you, that's if, you're, if you're good, Mark. You're going to get 50%. That's, that's Kenny, if you're... If, when you say right? I do, what you're saying is I do agree to 50-50. That's what you say. That's there you go. And, and you're, you're happy with 50-50 as you get several years further on into the marriage. You're like, God, I'll take 50%. Can I just get 50% one time? I used to get 50%, but that was 12 years ago. What's going on here, Colleen? Unreal. Good stuff, though, Mark. Great job in the contest. And uh, I know college hoops getting crazy now. NBA, got to stay up on all these trades. And Rozier goes to the heat right there in your backyard. And a uh, longtime NBA veteran, Kyle Lowry, gets shipped off to Charlotte, Mark. I mean, how'd you like to wake up and get that news? Hey, go play with LaMelo Ball. I know you're only 30 games under 500, but uh, hey, thanks for your services. <laughs> Well, Kyle Lowry was a huge disappointment for the Miami Heat. Uh, They went after him for a long time. They finally were able to acquire him. But he came over here, Kenny, about 50 pounds heavier than he should have been and never really truly ever got himself in playing shape or was 100% physically fit. Never, ever panned out for the Heat. They needed to make a change, and I think the trade was a really astute sound one for Pat Riley. He never gets short-sighted in a basketball trade, and I think the Heat came up big again in that trade. There you go. Okay, so let's go back and review a little bit uh, the playoffs. But before we do that, your take on a couple coaching moves. Uh, Antonio Pierce is the new head coach for the Raiders. And then uh, Telesco, the former GM for the Chargers, takes over as general manager. And then, of course, Jim Harbaugh inking that deal with the Chargers. It all looks good because you have Herbert. But, my goodness, they're in salary cap hell. You're not going to have a lot of money to really maneuver and uh, until you get out from under underneath some of these contracts yeah that sort of i had to scratch my head about the harbaugh signing it was rumored to be that it ended up being just that but my goodness i don't know like you said uh salary cap hell i don't know where they're going to come out of this from uh they'll have to maneuver and maneuver in a in a big way but uh you know i'm not a big 
Jim Harbaugh fan. I know he's met with great success in the National Football League in the past. Uh, in fact, I, it'll be in the Coffee Club tomorrow a little bit about him, but his 695 win percentage in the National Football League ranks fifth among all-time NFL football coaches. So on paper, it looks to be a good move by the Chargers here. They had to make a move, Kenny, and that's the best move that they could make. There you go. All right. Uh, so we've got AFC, NFC, and uh, we'll start it out with the Chiefs-Ravens game coming up on Sunday, uh, and then the Lions-49ers game. But how we got there, uh, pretty interesting games last week. And, you know, Baltimore took a while to get out of their own way, tied a 10 at the half, and then a 17-10 lead after three quarters. But Lamar Jackson really put together a stellar fourth quarter, late third quarter, fourth quarter, and the game is four quarters. And to see him get over the hump, and I know it's the Houston Texans, and the Houston Texans with C.J. Stroud, they had a really solid year. There's no question. D'Amico Ryan's incredible job coaching in his first tenure. But John Harbaugh was not going to let this team lose. And Lamar Jackson, come hell or high water, you knew he was going to come up big. You kind of felt it. I mean, I actually wasn't sure if he'd come up big when it was 10-10 at the half. I was just like, how does this happen? This guy looks so great in the regular season. He's got to be better than this in the second half. And he was, Mark, and I'm happy because I, I really do like Lamar Jackson. He is such a likable guy on and off the field. So uh, I am glad Baltimore did advance, but I did like Houston, but I'm glad that we got Baltimore at home because you knew it didn't matter whether it was Buffalo or Kansas City. It was going to be just a great setup for an AFC championship game. You couldn't answer anything better, Kenny, than these two teams to meet in the AFC championship. You know, if it would have been Buffalo, it still would have been just as good of a matchup, but defending Super Bowl champion, the team that wants to be the champion, the team that I think most people feel will make it to the Super Bowl, and a lot of people feel they'll win the Super Bowl. So obviously there's a lot on the line here for both football teams. I think what's uh, what's going to be the crux of the matter here is whether or not Kansas City can sustain playing back-to-back games on the road in the National Football League playoffs. They did quite well in Buffalo last week. We saw it was really up for grabs for the longest while. But in the end, the better football team wins the football game, and that was largely because of Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback who just does not lose football, big football games, 12-1 and to the spread in his career as an underdog, which will be dressing up again in that role here this particular week. So the pressure's all on Lamar Jackson. As you said, he needs to step up to the plate. He needs to deliver. He's focused. I think this is going to be one heck of a football game. You know, and you got to give Kansas City a lot of credit, too, because they shut out the Bills on their home field in the fourth quarter. Buffalo was very fortunate a couple times. The Miko Hardman touchback fumble. So, you know, a lot of people go, ah, you know, Buffalo could have scored here or there. But also the Josh Allen fumble. I mean, how fortunate were they that Kincaid, who's on the ground, the tight end, swats at that ball just as Kansas City's recovering it and gets it away from the defender on the ground, and that rolls over and gives the offensive lineman a chance to get on that ball, which was a great recovery. But uh, those are a couple things that went Buffalo's way, so you can't just say bad luck because they had a couple things go their way, but they still couldn't score a point in the fourth quarter, and of course, you feel bad for Bass because he's such a good kicker. And right away, what did you say? I mean, the first thing, Mark, when, when he missed that kick wide right, first thing I said, Scotty Norwood, you know, wide right, because we remember that Super Bowl against the Giants. And Scotty Norwood, another really good kicker, had a great, a great year that year uh, kicking that football. And that kick, 46 yard or whatever it was, that kick was good from 60. I mean, that thing pounded the net, but it was just wide right. And you could see 
I mean, I would say that I've had some drives go like that, but that would actually be a good drive for me if it went that far and, uh, you know, only a little bit to the right. But that was unreal, you know, for a kicker. You could see it right away that it just did something weird in the air when it first got up there, and it just tweaked to the right, and you knew it was no good right away. Yeah, and I think Bass knew it was no good right away too, Kenny. I read where he said he tried to compensate uh, for the wins, and uh, obviously he made the mi- a miscalculation in doing just that. It's a shame it had to come down to that because he should not be uh, the guy that ends up being uh, put on the spot because they lost the football game. You know, they lost the football game because what you said, they didn't score a point in the fourth quarter. Uh, and you can't look at the mirror and blame anybody else other than yourself if you can't do that in a big football game. Uh, again, I feel the better team wins that football game, and Buffalo needs to go back and do things a little bit better. Uh, they've got this big, this big, big gorilla right now on their shoulder named the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're going to have to find a way to beat them somewhere along the way. Yeah, so KC goes to Baltimore. We'll get to that, but let's set up our NFC finale for next segment. And uh, the Lions take care of business against the Buccaneers. Mark, I got uh, a little peeved uh, just because the NFL, right? I mean, how much money do they have, right? How much money do they make? And we remember they were listed as a nonprofit for all those years. But, I mean, it's ridiculous, right? And so you have camera angles, or you should have them. They should be set up every angle, every game should be the same. It should just be, you know, something that is just good to go. It is a blueprint, and so you have every possible angle. So the Lions were not able to get the replay in time to throw the red flag, the challenge flag, on Baker Mayfield's knee going down on the turf. Meanwhile, we're seeing a still shot that shows ball still in his hand, knees on the turf, should have been a sack. They didn't, or should have been moved, you know, back where the ball was down. So it should have been a sack 11 yards back. They don't make that call. Mark, how do we have it in college football to where they buzz down on the field, say, hey, hey, hold on. We got something. Looks like we got something here. And I get it. You don't want to disrupt the game. You want to make sure that everything's fluid and flows. But if there's something that could be major, especially at a key juncture like that, down the stretch of that Lions-Bucks game, buzz down. If it takes longer than 30, 45 seconds, and keep it the way it is on the field. But that was, you know, something that they were able to get to. Now, the Buccaneers end up scoring, but if you heard my show on Monday, I mean, I kind of lay into these analytical guys. I don't get it. I don't understand why in the world you go for two. You can tell me you want to win in regulation. It'll cut it to six. I don't care. You were inside a dome, and if you were going to tie it up at 31, that means you would have scored the last 14 points of the game. So you would have all the momentum going into overtime. And even if the Lions were to come down and they won the toss and they got a field goal, you still can get a touchdown or another field goal, keep the game going. It's the playoffs. It's not a regular season college game where you're a 30-point underdog and you don't want to go into overtime. I just don't understand some of this analytical crap that we see. And I'm wondering who's making all these millions of dollars to give information to these coaches because I know if I'm an owner, I'm firing half these guys. (laughs) I'm with you, Kenny. I'm there. It's analysis by paralysis, analytics by panalytics, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and we had a big discussion today, Andy and I, on my podcast. And when you bring him on, he'll get into uh, a lot of the reasons why they went for that two-point conversion. I'm with you. I don't agree in doing something like that. A lot of it depends upon the opponent, uh, who they're playing, 
the condition, the situation, so forth and whatnot. But I think it's it's just rhetoric. It's garbage, and uh, you know the game is being overanalyzed to begin with by the people up in the up in the booth who are calling the game, by the players down on the field, the coaches in the field, and those cheat sheets that they have that the coaches have. The cheat sheets have to tell them whether to go for the the two or not. Not common sense tells them, Kenny. The cheat sheet tells them. You're going to rely on the cheat sheet or you're going to rely on your gut. That's what football is all about is playing the football game with your gut. Yeah, then no kidding. I said those are the same people that are playing anchor seed and are hitting on when they have 16 against a five for the dealer. I mean, they're looking at some little card or something uh, that they made up or got from somebody. Uh, doesn't make much sense. Uh, but your take as far as the 49ers, real quick before we go to break, coming back against the Packers, because the Packers were also cruising, but they too get shut out in the fourth quarter in Santa Clara. Niners outscore them 10 nothing, And Green Bay was on cruise control there. They were up seven, and they were near midfield. And then that pass that Love makes over the middle, Musgrave, it's well behind him, and he gets his arm out, he tips it, and it ends up being intercepted. That was a key play right there because had Green Bay gone down and even gotten a field goal to go up double digits, I think they would have had a really good opportunity to win that game because they were the better team for a long time. And Aaron Jones was the best player on the field, better than McCaffrey, and uh, at least for the first three quarters. But Green Bay came up with a goose egg there in the fourth quarter, and the Niners found a way to get it done. Well, oftentimes, Kenny, when, you, when you're en route to a championship, you often win games perhaps arguably you should not have. And I think that was the case for San Francisco in the Green Bay Packers football game. So what does that mean the next game? It means you're literally playing with house money, and I think you're coming out with a little less pressure, knowing you've had a second chance, which is what they're going to be in this particular role. They're not playing good football, I'll tell you that right now. Although they have won the yardage in each of their last four football games, Detroit's been out-yarded in their last three victories in a row, and that's a key, key red flag for me for Detroit, winning games but not winning yards. I think this is going to be a real, real good football game to watch. Maybe we'll break it down a little bit more after the break, but I think San Francisco should feel really, really fortunate that they're playing in this game this week. There is no doubt. Don't have to deal with the weather, which is good news for Purdy, who had trouble uh, with that football, at least throwing it, went to the glove early and then took the glove off. Uh, Nonetheless, San Fran did find a way to get it done, but it should be uh, in the 60s with no wind and no rain, and so no excuses there for either team, the Niners or the Detroit Lions. We'll talk about those games. When we come back, we'll get predictions from Mark Lawrence. Playbook Sports is the website. Also follow him on X at Mark Lawrence. He spelled Mark with a C at the end. Sports X Radio live at Steiner's Pub, 101.5 FM, K-Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app. It is Ken Thompson. You're listening to Sports X Radio live from Vegas. We'll be right back. Dolls, one of my favorites, man. One of my favorite groups. Little Johnny Resnick coming back. Mark Hoekspin in the hits here on a Wednesday night. Mark Lawrence on the line. SportsX Radio on a Wednesday night. We've always got Mark Lawrence, Playbook Sports, and Andy Isco. Logical approach. 
And uh, sometimes Arthur DeCesar, Westgate Superbook, but we've been shifting him around to accommodate his schedule. Very, very busy on Wednesdays now getting everything set as they get those lines out and all these props out for the games. And uh, so that'll slow down, although they'll be busy getting all those uh, big game, as they have to call it, but Super Bowl props. I mean, it's unbelievable. The Book of War and Peace, it comes out, and it's got everything and very creative stuff over uh, there. Just love it. All right, Mark Lawrence, let's get to it. Let's break it down now that we know the two games that we have, and we'll start it out with Baltimore at home against KC. Now, could have rain in this one, according to, you know, the forecast, at least right now. Things may change, but they're looking, you know, uh, about 65% chance of rain uh, for this one. I don't know. You know, I I always like rain if there's not bad wind, but the wind I saw was, uh, they were saying, around 12 miles an hour is what they thought it would be. So if it's... Uh, if that's true, then we'll, we'll have to deal with it. But both these quarterbacks are veterans, and, uh, you know, Mahomes even more so in the postseason. But it should be a lot of fun, and we'll see how things pan out. Right now it's actually saying 80% chance of rain, 45 degrees, wind right around 12.5 miles an hour. That's what we're seeing right now. Game time, Sunday, KC at Baltimore. Right now the Chiefs are plus 3.5. Mark Lawrence, where's your money going? Well, I think experience is a huge factor, especially this deep in the playoffs, Kenny, and championship rounds. It's Patrick Mahomes that brings the experience here. Lamar Jackson is experiencing how difficult it is to get out of a championship round. He's never won one. He's never been in one before. And, in fact, if you want to break it down, this will be Patrick Mahomes' 16th game in the postseason. That's almost as many as Jared Goff, Lamar Jackson, and Brock Purdy combined. They played in 17 playoff games. So you can put a big fat check mark on the experience factor here to Kansas City. Andy Reid especially, he's been there and done this here before himself. Uh, I like this matchup, Kenny, because it's the number one and the number two teams in the league in total team scoring defense. And that makes for championship-style football that you see here. I cannot look past the experience factor here. I think there's a lot of pressure on Lamar Jackson here. Now, he may be good enough. He's the MVP, and he may step up and deliver. But until he does, I see all of these good things that Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City has done. I will be on Kansas City in this football game this particular week. And remember, Kenny, what I mentioned to you here before, the number one and the number two teams in scoring defense, when they meet in a championship game like this is, the winner of this game has won five out of five Super Bowls in the following Super Bowl. Wow, that is great information. Okay, so it's actually four at the Westgate Superbook. Caesars are three and a half. Circa's up to four as well. So you can grab a four. Total's 44 and a half with the rain coming into play. Do you do anything with the total, or are you just going to look at KC, the experience in the side, and be happy with that? Well, you know, there, there's, a, there's a trend in the game uh, that uh, Super Bowl games, well, it's, it's more uh, really on the Lions and the 49ers here. But I would look under here, Kenny, if for no other reason we're talking super defenses here, two teams with top-notch defenses. I believe they would have to both bust for this game to get over here. I would look under the total. All right, so then Lions and Niners, 70 degrees, no wind, nothing. There's nothing to complain about. It just looks like it's perfect conditions there. Now, Lions running game is pretty good. Good tandem there, Montgomery and Gibbs, no question. Jared Goff, as long as he gets protection, that's huge. Now, you're missing uh, your left guard, starting left guard, but, you know, I mean, that Niners team is uh, still very, very solid. And when they play with the lead... They are a nightmare to deal with. They were from behind. They were playing from behind pretty much the whole game against Green Bay up until the fourth quarter when they got that lead. But 
your take here uh, sounded like you were leaning to San Fran, and there was a six and a half when this came out, but it's been seven pretty much everywhere with a high total now of 51, which went up a half point at the Westgate Superbook from 50 and a half, and now 51 everywhere in Vegas, and the line is uh, steady seven. I don't see anything under seven or over seven anywhere. Where are you on this one? Are you going to lay the seven? Because uh, I know you don't do the teaser, but I will say this. You were great where you said, Kenny, I don't uh, usually tease, but I'll never forget what you told me. The one time you said I would tease Green Bay up against Dallas, you were dead on. So uh, I know a lot of people will look to tease the Niners down to one and maybe KC up to ten, and I think you'd probably be okay with that. But uh, where are you as far as this game? Well, again, I'm going to go back to what I we talked about a little bit about earlier here, about how well these teams are playing respectively in the yards, in the stats. Detroit comes in here on a three-game heater, uh, which they've won all three football games, but they've been out-yarded in all three football contests. You take a look at San Francisco, they've won the yards in each of the last four football games in a row. They don't belong here, Kenny. We know that. Uh, Green Bay should have won that football game, and in fact... It was, uh, they snapped what was a 31 game losing streak by Kyle Shanahan when he was trailing by five or more points going into the fourth quarter of a game. That's how big of a game that was for San Francisco last week. House money, I think house money works here in a contest like this. And one other quick note here. Teams that are dogs playing with, uh, a better record. Detroit actually has the better record here between these two teams. Uh, they are 31, 21 and two against the spread. But, when they're a dog of more than three points, Kenny, they've lost 15 straight games in a row with only three point spread covers here. I think Detroit's going to be a little bit outclassed here. I like San Francisco. Wow, that is a great stat on Shanahan snapping a 31 game <clears throat> losing streak when trailing by five or more going to the fourth quarter. Unbelievable. Really good stuff, yeah. Mark Lawrence. Yeah, I always love That's why I love it. I just, I just shut up and listen. Like my dad said, sometimes, son. Just shut up and listen. Maybe you'll learn something. <laughs> I, lo- I-, I love it, man. That is just really good stuff, Mark. Great stuff. So uh, you're looking for Niners-Chiefs. My goodness, and the last time they played, what a great game that was. Uh, really good stuff. So we'll see, indeed, if uh, San Francisco and KC is our Super Bowl right here in our backyard at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, which would be a nightmare for the Raider fan. The true longtime Raider fan, arch rival the Chiefs, Bay Area rival for years, the Niners, both playing on their field. Crazy stuff. Mark Lawrence, always great stuff. Appreciate you as always. Real quick, let everybody know how they can get all your plays, including basketball and all that stuff, the newsletter, the coffee club, everything. Yeah, we're just starting basketball, and we're really heating up, Kenny. We've had two rock-solid weeks in basketball. You can check that out. There's a special going on right now on my website at playbooksports.com. You sign up for any of my services or our publications, you get the Coffee Club as a free no-charge bonus e-letter mailed to you every day, every morning. Check it out, playbooksports.com. Great stuff from Mark Lawrence. Follow him again on X, at Mark Lawrence. Mark spelled with a C. Same bad time, same bad channel. Next Wednesday, we'll talk some college hoops and some good stuff next week and uh, get you updated on these playoff games. Mark, great stuff. Uh, Looking forward to that big game right here in our backyard, and we'll find out if indeed it is the Chiefs and 49ers, which Mark Lawrence thinks that's what it'll be. Great stuff, as always. Hour number one in the books. The great Andy Isco going to join me in hour number two and uh, always get some great information from the original AI. Uh, It's not Allen Iverson, not Andre Iguodala, not artificial intelligence. 
It is Andy Isco. Live from Steiner's Pub, 101.5 FMK Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app. Mark Hoke spinning the hits and running the show. Live from Vegas, live at Steiner's Pub. It is Ken Thompson, hour number two, SportsX Radio, coming right up. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shade Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. now. All right, second half of Sports X Radio on a Wednesday night live at Steiner's Pub. Great crowd. I mean, packed. You couldn't get a table for a little bit here. Uh, let me see. Yeah. Oh, boy, there's one table open. That's it. All the booths are filled. Everything's filled. Bar is packed. Just a great night. <clears throat> Lots of college basketball, NHL hockey, NBA basketball, Australian Open starting up. And that's a cool thing, Australian Open, when you're at a 24-hour establishment. And, again, you've got to be 21 and older to uh, get into Steiner's Pubs. But, I mean, you're able to watch tennis you know, throughout the night because of the time difference there in Australia. And before I bring on Andy Isco, let me just update. Uh, it's going to be Coco Goff, the four seed against Sabalenka, the two seed. That'll be one of your semifinals. <clears throat> and then you have uh, Yastremska, uh, Diana Yastremska. She's unseeded against 12 seed Zhang Quen. And uh, she won over Kalinskaya uh, in three sets, Zhang did. So that'll be your other semifinals. As far as the men, Number one seed, Novak Djokovic, against Yannick Sinner. Sinner was able to take out Rublev, and it only took him uh, straight out, you know, three sets. So he should be well-rested to go up against uh, Djokovic. That's one against four. And then Daniil Medvedev, he had to go five sets against Hubert Herkus, uh from Poland. That was a hell of a match, and the last set was 6-4. <clears throat> so uh, Medvedev, the three. And then Alexander Zverev, that was the surprise. Not that he won. But he trashed the two-seed, Carlos Alcaraz. I mean, he took him out in four sets, spanked him pretty good. And Zverev, uh, again, big-time game. And this could be, you know, this could be the rise of Alexander Zverev because we know he's good and he's got the talent. It's just in the five-setter, there always seems to be something that goes wrong in one of the sets. But he found a way to take care of Alcaraz without having to go five sets. But Medvedev... The Russian, he's tough, man. I mean, he's like one of those guys that just goes about his business. Nothing flashy. And you look at him, and he looks like a guy that you're going to see, you know, uh, at the subway station just getting on the, uh, uh, you know, the train on the way home, and that's it. You know, it doesn't look like much of an athlete, but he is solid, and he's very consistent. So Medvedev and Zverev, three against six, that's going to be good stuff. So there are your semifinals in the Australian Open. Uh, real quick, update some of the scores as far as uh, the scoreboard. And then we got Andy Isco unplugged up until 857, 856, right around there. Uh, finals in from the NBA. Three of them are done. T-Wolves beat the Wizards 118-107. They cover by a half point laying, 10.5, win by 11. And uh, game stays under the total. 113-106, Pistons beat the Hornets, lay the 2.5, you get it done. Game also stays under. And another under with the Grizz winning at Miami. 
They were 11.5-point dogs, Memphis was, and they win by 9, 105-96. Then you have the Rockets leading the Blazers right now, only by a deuce, 114-112. That game's going to get over the total. Uh, 3.30 still left in regulation. Total's 220. In fact, it already has. It's already over. Okay, so I was uh, doing that jersey math again. It's uh, already at 226. Total was 220. Rockets are minus 9.5. Right now you're sitting fat, and the Blazers, give them credit because they got jobbed last night, and they protested that game against OKC. They're hanging right in there in a back-to-back game. Milwaukee minus 6.5. They're up by 8, 110-102 against the Cavs. 5-0-1 to go fourth quarter. That total, 237.5. May get there, sitting at 212 right now. Thunder and Spurs underway, 235 to go first quarter from San Antonio, 27-20. OKC minus 9 in the game. Total, 240.5, and and they lead it by 10, now 30-20. And 65-58 Suns and Mavs. It is Phoenix up by 7 with 10.40 to go third quarter just underway from Big D. Hawks and Warriors from San Fran. Warriors minus 6 total, 235.5. Some other college basketball games uh, that concluded. Miami did beat Notre Dame 73-61, winning a cover there. Uh, Wichita State lost East Carolina at home 54-52. Auburn was down 14 at the half in Tuscaloosa to Bama. Five seconds to go. They're down 4, 79-75. The line on the game is 3.5. Total 162.5, so total's going to stay under unless the game got into overtime, but I don't think it will unless Bama fouls. Uh, again, Auburn hoping to cover. 75-69, Southern Illinois beat Valpo. They were actually losing at the half in uh, Carbondale, came back and got a big lead, but then let Valpo back in the game, so Valparaiso gets the cover there of the 13.5, losing by 6. 134 was your total, so that game gets over by 10 points. Missouri State. Leads Drake in double overtime. I'm on the wrong end of that. My goodness, Drake was up big at the half, too. They were up double digits. And a uh, game went into overtime. They were up four in overtime. No good. And now double overtime. Now they're down four to Missouri State. Four minutes to go in that second overtime. 75-71. So a tough night for me in the Missouri Valley. Usually pretty good in that conference. Tulane leads uh, Texas San Antonio. 43 seconds to go. 87-85. They're minus six to Green Wave R against the Roadrunners on the road. Total 167 games already gone over the total. Florida Atlantic beat Rice by 13, laying 12, so you get the win in the cover there. Game stays well under. Indiana State had them but didn't cover. Uh, 89-83, they beat Illinois Chicago, and the Flames were right there in that game, nip and tuck pretty much the whole way. Game does fly over the total. St. John's was up 14 on Villanova, now only up 5, 12-25 to go in New York. They're laying 3.5, total 145. Not going to get there, I don't think, unless you get overtime. Now, I had Florida. They were just up 17. Now they're up nine. I'm laying uh, three and a half, I think, in that one. They closed at four, and it's 66-57 with 4.50 to go from Gainesville. Illinois, good one in Evanston, leads Northwestern. 43-41, 16.35 to go second half there. Marquette only up 10 on DePaul. Remember, DePaul making a coaching change. Stubblefield out after a horrendous start, but what else is new with DePaul basketball? 48-38 at the half. Marquette up, laying 18, up by 10 at intermission. Mississippi up 12, second half just underway against Arkansas in Oxford. Minus 8.5, they lead 38-26, total 150. And Iowa State, they get tipsy back, uh, or Lipsy, I should say, uh, uh, Tamman Lipsy, their point guard. He is back for Coach Otzelberger. And at the half in Ames, they lead 41-29 over Kansas State. They're laying 9 in that game, 135.5, and they're a bear to beat in Ames. Washington State just underway at home against Utah. Should be a good game. Uh, 3-2 Utes just two and a half minutes in. Colorado State at Nevada. Wolfpack up to minus four now. 143 year total. San Jose State, they are at home. They're plus eight and a half against New Mexico. It's playing good solid ball under Richard Pitino. 155 year total. And then Colorado, Tad Boyle's guys in Washington to take on the Huskies. Buffs minus three. 156. 
and uh, plenty of add-on games. I won't get to those. But on the ice, Washington, Colorado, two minutes to go, first period, no score. Chicago and Seattle, they'll drop the puck in just a little bit. Seattle minus 310, five and a half your total. Vancouver, St. Louis, they've just started. British Columbia, no score, two minutes in. Canucks go a minus 250, six and a half your total. And Buffalo and L.A., they'll start bottom of the hour. Kings minus 196 your total. Three finals, Toronto shut out Winnipeg, one nothing. Florida, 6-2. They pound Arizona at home. No problem there. That game flies over the total of six. And Carolina has just finished off Boston 3-2. Bruins nearly got a goal when they pulled their goalie, and they staved off the empty net. But Carolina wins it in Beantown by a score of 3-2. So some great stuff. Andy Isco, our guest now, as we have him, thelogicalapproach.com. Great stuff as well. AI, great to have you. And uh, great info, as always, from Mark Lawrence. And you bring that great info as well. Uh, Year number nine or ten with you now here on uh, on a Wednesday night, but year number nine or ten for both you and Mark. I think it's year number ten for both you guys on SportsX Radio as we turn the page to 2024. Yeah, it's good to be with you again, Ken. And uh, I was listening to the first hour with Mark because I always enjoy his uh, commentary and I know you were talking about uh, the two-point conversion. It sort of sounded like uh, Mark thought that I was disagreeing with him, and I was very much agreeing with him as far as I would not have uh, gone for the two-point conversion, and a lot of the two-point conversion data, I won't say is misleading, but it's often taken out of context because uh, it's a smaller sample size, and you have to take into consideration it's a lot easier to make a two-point conversion when it's four minutes into the first quarter and you've got, you know, Three and a half quarters or more left to uh, recover from a failed two-point conversion. It's a lot different uh, when you're talking about a two-point conversion attempt in the fourth quarter where if you miss it, uh, you've got to absolutely make it the second time, as was the case with Tampa Bay. And as I did remark on the show, the one thing that was surprising about that decision to go for two uh, down by uh, uh, down by eight uh, in the uh, fourth quarter was that it was Todd Bowles who made the decision for Tampa Bay, not Dan Campbell for Detroit, who you would have understood making it even even though I might not have agreed with it. He's generally been the more aggressive coach, but not so the other day. There you go. Well, I uh, I just you know sometimes don't understand you know some of the stuff. Like you can't explain in a million years why Tampa Bay in a playoff game down eight goes for two. It makes no sense to you have, me. You have to understand risk versus reward. Yes, the reward is nice. It gives you a chance to win the game with, uh, uh, with an extra point if you score a second touchdown because uh, that would, uh, you know, you'd score 15 instead of 14 points. But the risk is much greater because if you miss the two-point conversion, now you have to go for it. You have to go for it. You don't have a choice at the end of the game. At least at the end of the game, you could say, let's win it here. You know, maybe the defense is getting worn down and you want to take your best chance there. But yeah, there's a difference between having to and having the option to not to. Yeah, and be, here's the thing, because if I'm Detroit defensively and Tampa Bay, the visitor and the underdog, and they pull within seven, you know, and say they score and they pull within one, you know, in the latter moments of the game, and then they go for two, then I'm, then I'm stressing, then I'm sweating, because now in front of my home crowd, I could actually be eliminated right there. But once you cut it to eight, and then you go for two and you don't get it, now Detroit's like, screw it, man. On defense, we could pin our ears back. We can, we can blitz. We can do whatever. Because worst-case scenario, they're going to get a touchdown and a two-point conversion, and we're going to go to overtime. You know what I mean? They're, so it's just it gives you a little bit more of a cushion to where you can be much more aggressive when you're up by eight in the final minute and a half. 
Yeah, and by, by the way, the other thing to keep in mind is that, yeah, if it's a regular season game in week six and you do it, okay, no big deal. If uh, you do it in the playoffs and you miss, well, that costs your season right there. Really? I know. I'm, And, and again, uh, on the uh, Mayfield. By the way, the other thing is it also makes a difference. Are you talking about going against the Baltimore Ravens defense or are you going against one of the weaker defenses in the league? Are you, is it the Kansas City Chiefs going for the two-point conversion or is it the Carolina Panthers going for the two-point conversion? I think a lot of that stuff has to be taken in. Unfortunately, there are not that many attempts over the course of a season or even the course of several seasons to basically say, okay, yeah, you should if you're this team going up against this other type of team. It's a small sample size. That's the problem. Andy, also, though, uh, you know, again, it didn't didn't come into play as far as, you know, the team that should have won, won the game, and that's the Detroit Lions. But uh, when you when you talk about the uh, amount of money that the NFL makes, how they can have anything that's, you know, egregious go down, not be called in a key juncture. And that's when, you know, you have a still shot of Mayfield's knee down while he still possesses the ball and Detroit didn't have time to get the look or whatever they needed to challenge. Why do we have to have a challenge? In other words, if you can see, if the league can see that this call is conclusive and it's not a judgment call, it's not a pass interference because they took that out. They tried to do that for one season. It didn't work. So they went back to the old rule. I have no problem with that. But if you're able to, you know, in 45 seconds or a minute, find out that, hey, you know what? Looks like his knee was down. Let's see. Let's just see if we can get a still shot. And they had it. But at that time, you know, Tampa Bay kind of knew. So they're, they're hurrying up just in case and they get the playoff. And I'm saying if that's the Super Bowl and that ends up costing the team that would have had the call go their way had it, you know, the picture come out in time, you can't have that. There's just no excuse for it because college, what do we see? When in doubt, when they think they have something, they buzz down to the field. Hey, give us a minute. I have no problem giving them a minute to get it right. Well, you know, there are many ways to argue that. You could also say, hey, that's the purpose of having the challenge. If it's that close and it's a critical call in the point in the game, you throw the challenge flag if you don't have the time to take a look at it and you take your chances. You know, if it's the first quarter and, you know, is it going to be, uh, you know, third and three or third and inches and it's a zero-zero tie, maybe you don't waste a challenge of that kind and you take uh, – because the officials are human and some of these things are so close. You know, I mean, how many replays do you have to go until you find the one that uh, gives you the en- enough conclusive evidence that you either sustain or uh, or reverse the call. You see sometimes four or five instant replays, which are not so instant anymore because they're in slow motion. So I think that uh, that's the purpose of the challenge is that, uh, yeah, you have to make a split decision, but you have to also base it again on risk and reward. What's it, you know, third and three versus third and inches in the first quarter doesn't mean anything. Third and three, third and inches in the fourth quarter, you're down by three points. That makes a difference. Right, but I'm saying if you have it, though, all I'm saying is you keep it the way it is on the field if you can't get a definitive reversal in a minute. If you have it, it, it was like tennis, okay? We watched tennis for years and years, and I'd watch these majors, and these guys and gals are trying to figure out, okay, how do I use and how do I make sure that I have a challenge left just in case for the guys if it goes five sets? Because I don't know if it'll go five sets. If I don't challenge this one here in the third set, I may not get to that fifth set. So they're kind of figure it out. And now you have the technology to where they know. 
and they've had that technology to where they know where every serve is in or out. So if you have that technology, screw the, the, the challenges. We don't need it. We know. So if all I'm saying is if you have a definitive change reversal that you can make a change definitively within a minute, then do it. If not, then leave it the way it is on the field. But it shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't take more than a minute you know, to get that conclusive still shot. So we're not going to resolve it, and there are more important things to talk about. No, there are until that happens in the you Super Bowl, like I'm saying. That's fine. No, I'm just saying. There are until it happens in a Super Bowl, and then you have the whole offseason to say, you know, if they'd have made that call, and all they would have had to do is go to the league office and make that call. We see them go to the that's league office. Is, as long as you have a successful challenge, you should not lose. You should not be limited in the number of challenges you can make. You, you want to get the play right, and if you get it right, you should not be penalized. Right. Okay. So I'll agree to disagree. I'll agree to disagree because if you have the technology in this day and age in 2024 and you have it and it's definitive, then it should be changed if you have the information right there at the ready and everybody can see it because otherwise somebody's going to end up getting jobbed. You know, and again, if you don't have the technology, you don't have it. If you don't have the angle or you can't change it, you can't change it. I get it. But uh, it is what it is. All right. So let's uh, let's not get into this what i'll do is i'll take a break because i want to come back i want to review the games with you like i did with mark and then we'll get into those two championship games by the way where are you now as far as college basketball and i know you're paying attention to unlv but that was one of the worst unlv losses i can remember in the last 20 years last night about that loss wasn't the fact that they lost 90 to 58 it was the lack of an effort in the second half where um, they basically conceded the game Mm, i'm telling you i know kevin krueger is uh, not happy and uh, so I'm just hoping they come like out. That, but you yep. want to, when we're down by the big margin at halftime, at least come out and make a concerted and, and uh, uh, you know, long enough effort to at least try and make it interesting, get the game at least into single digits. I agree with you 100%. All right, he is Andy Isco. Follow him on Twitter, uh, now, of course, known as X, at VegasAndy711, at VegasAndy711. We are live from Vegas, 101.5 FMK Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app. We'll come back. We'll review the games from last week with Andy, and then we're going to get into his breakdown of the two championship games. Again, the Ravens at home in the rain, it looks like, against the Kansas City Chiefs. And, of course, the Niners back in Santa Clara. Looks like perfect weather against Detroit, who gets out of the Dome after two wins at home. They go to Santa Clara to take on that San Francisco 49er team. We're live from Vegas, live at Steiner's Pub. 1750 North Buffalo is where we're at. 24-hour establishment. All the games are on. Great setup. Incredible food. Wednesday night, beef stroganoff night. Get down to one of your three Steiner's locations. 8410 West Cheyenne. 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South right there at Windmill. And, of course, where KT is in the Albertson Shopping Center. A beautiful location right here at Buffalo and Vegas Drive. Live from Vegas, you're listening to SportsX Radio. Produced by Mark Hoke. We'll be right back. To for a moment, and she feels better than ever. And we're on fire, making our way back from mine. Fifteen days still time for you. Time to buy and time to lose. Fifteen, there's never a wish better than this. When you only got a hundred years to live. Ah, yeah, a little five for fighting, a hundred years. Great song. Andy Isco, my guest here on a Wednesday night. Tomorrow, throwback Thursday, hoping to have Richard Roby in studio. All-time leading scorer on the Colorado hardwood back in the day. And uh, and, uh, a bunch of guests lined up. 
Looking forward to Monday. Going to be fun with uh, Mr. Taffer making it in. And uh, should be some fun. But Andy Isco, our guest on a Wednesday night, hour number two. Arthur DeCesar looking like he'll be on Friday night as he had to reschedule with all the things they're doing over there at the Westgate Superbook, all the props and stuff they're putting together for these championship games. And, of course, Arthur working in risk management there as well. So great staff. Andy Isco, of course, at VegasAndy711, at Vegasandy 711 Follow him on X that way. And the logical approach. He's been putting out great information for decades here in the Vegas Valley. And really enjoys what he does. He's as, uh, you know, as brilliant as anybody I've ever met as far as smarts, man. I mean, this guy, top of the line. And you've got to be. I mean, to have that Ivy League education that AI got back in the day uh, was well spent. I don't think his parents ever thought he was just going to get into sports the way he did. But maybe. AI, what about it? Did, uh, did the old man think you were going to make a career in the, uh, in the sports world some way or another? Or were they looking for you to go another route? Uh, they basically let me be me. Let me find my own direction. Settle that's on good. What I like. I like it. Yeah. I like it. That's that's the way it should be. Yeah, that's the way it should be. There you go. Good stuff. Take that advice, but you know what? Get out of trouble and let me make my own decisions. There you go. And you did. And uh, you've never been a guy to get in trouble since I've known you for all these years here in the Vegas Valley. AI, what about the uh, the games last week? The Texans-Ravens? I mean, you got to give... D'Amico Ryans in Houston, a lot of credit. I mean, that was a fun team, and for them to go from three wins last year to make the postseason, win the AFC South, and then hang right there with the one-seed Baltimore tied at 10 at halftime with a young quarterback, C.J. Stroud, but the Ravens got that big touchdown in the third quarter and then opened it up in the fourth quarter, shut them out 24 nothing. second half. And it's good to see Lamar Jackson, you know, kind of get that, uh, that monkey off the back, so to speak, and, and win that home game and win it definitively with a big second half to set things up on their home field for that AFC championship game because uh, Lamar Jackson, I know you'll probably agree, very likable young man and just somebody that I've always enjoyed. And he's somebody that's very, very focused and not all about me, not pointing to the name on the back of the jersey, a true team player. Yeah, and uh, he certainly further established his role as a team leader with that halftime tirade he had uh, uh, when the score was 10-10. And, of course, keep in mind the Ravens' defense played well all game. Uh, the one touchdown that Houston scored was that second quarter uh, punt return that enabled them to tie the game. And uh, Baltimore showed uh, why it is the uh, or has been for basically the last two-thirds of the season uh, the team to beat in the uh, in the AFC. I mean, the only, the only blemish you could put on the Ravens this year, they they never lost back-to-back games. They were 13 and 4, so they didn't have that many opportunities. The only negative, and I don't really consider it a negative, so I put it in quotes, is that they lost two games uh, to their division rival, the Pittsburgh Steelers, ironically by the same score, 17 to 10. Although the latter game, the last game that they lost was Week 18, when they were resting everybody. They already had the number one uh, seed uh, clinched and. Um, I think we saw in that first half the offense was not as sharp as they had been, and that, again, may have something to do with a little bit of the rust. Same thing with San Francisco after having uh, uh, the – basically the players hadn't – the starters hadn't played in three weeks, but uh, both the uh, 49ers and certainly the Ravens uh, got things together after halftime. There you go. All right, so an excellent effort there by Baltimore. Second half, 24 nothing. Ravens take care of business. All right, then we had Packers and Niners, and that was one, you know, of course – 
uh, there with my wife, Christina, and she doesn't pay attention as much. She's a big Packer fan and enjoys it, but says, you know what, I'm so tired of watching these guys to where they get right there and then they disappoint me. And I said, no, this team looks like they're a lot of fun. I mean, 7-6 to six at the half, and Green Bay had to settle for a couple field goals. Looked like they were going to get in the end zone a couple times, but uh, Aaron Jones was running the ball really well for the second week in a row as far as the postseason. And Jordan Love looked very confident and uh, very elusive for a while and you know seven to six at the half and then a big third quarter by green bay and they had the lead and uh up 21 to 14 and that's when things went wrong when they were close to midfield and uh, uh just an errant pass by love uh musgrave ends up reaching back the tight end to get his hand on it and try to bring it in but that tipped the ball up and the niners ended up getting an interception that kind of changed the complexion of that game and san francisco on a nice drive found a way to get it done with a 10-0 fourth quarter, shutting out the Packers. I was very, very impressed with Green Bay uh, for those first three quarters, and Aaron Jones was a lot of fun to watch. Dubs was solid. The youngster out of Nevada had four receptions for 83 yards. But I give credit to where credit is due, and that's to San Francisco finding a way to get it done when you didn't play your A game. And let's remember, they were without one of the biggest stars in the game, a catalyst and a guy that is uh, one of the most uh, exciting offensive players in the game, and that, of course, Debo Samuel. They did not have him for the entire game. Yeah, and by the way, I know the Westgate Superbook has done it every year, and I imagine a lot of other books will, or if they haven't already, and that is after the championship games this weekend. They will put up Super Bowl futures for next season, the 2024 season, and I think you're going to see the odds probably will be lower than, than you may have expected them. Green Bay and the Chargers will be, I think, two of the popular teams. Both of those teams have plenty of talent. Of course, the Chargers have always have talent, and now they've got a championship coach uh, in, in Jim Harbaugh, and for the Packers, they made as much progress as any team in the league did this year. And you're going back to that Houston-Baltimore game, uh, the D'Amico Ryans of the Texans, he should be coach of the year. When you come in, first time you got a head coaching job, and you're going with a rookie quarterback, and what that team did in winning 10 games and making it and actually winning a playoff game as well, uh, that, uh, that's deserving of those kind of honors. But I think that uh, keep an eye on Green Bay, keep an eye on the Chargers as far as uh, uh, when those Super Bowl odds come out. I wouldn't be surprised if, if either of them is any, better than 20, is any higher than 20 to 1, and they might even be a little bit lower in the teens. All right, so the Lions' second home game in a row. They get it done. They get the win. They get the cover. 14-6 fourth quarter, and that ends up being the uh, difference, the eight-point differential there in the fourth quarter ends up being the differential of the game, 31-23. Got to give Baker Mayfield a lot of credit, though. This guy never quit, still threw for almost 350 yards and three touchdowns. A couple interceptions, though, were costly. Uh, Detroit, though, they, they got it together. And Jared Goff, I mean, a few years ago, Andy, I don't know. I mean, even after that Super Bowl when the Rams only scored three points against the Patriots, and I just didn't know if if Goff was going to ever be that guy that could get back to the promised land. But I, look, he's not in the Super Bowl yet, but a couple playoff wins for a city that was starving to even, even get to the postseason and that the Detroit Lions. A lot of fun to watch this team. I know it's one of those sentimental teams like the Buffalo Bills that a lot of people root for, although Buffalo's been, you know, upper echelon for the last several years. But this Detroit team, what a great year. Jared Goff throws for 287 and a clean sheet, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And uh, they get 114 yards on the ground. Now, 
Montgomery only had 33 on 10 carries, but Gibbs, 9 for 74 and a touchdown. And as long as one of those guys at least running it well, they're going to be in games. But I think both of them are probably going to have to run it well in Santa Clara on a dry turf for them to beat the Niners. But your take on Detroit, they beat Tampa Bay. Uh, Again, a nice effort by Tampa Bay. But I like this Lions team. There's a lot to like about this Dan Campbell-led team. Yeah, they'll also be another team that'll be uh, very highly thought of, and, and uh, with the odds that come out for next year's Super Bowl, uh, that they'll be one of the teams that'll be. You know, who will they replace? I don't know that they'll uh, replace Dallas or Philadelphia as one of the top two or three teams, but they're certainly going to be up there. Uh, although, again, and Mark alluded to it in his uh, his commentary about the Lions, uh, the Lions were outgained in both their uh, wins. They get by ninety something yards by the Rams and ninety something yards by uh, Tampa Bay. So that's that defense remains a problem. There's everything to like about the uh, Detroit offense, but uh, uh, the uh, uh, the defense raises a lot of concerns as far as their ability to beat a San Francisco team that is uh, outstanding on defense. No doubt. Now, Detroit also going to miss their left guard, Jonah Jackson. So, yeah. Alasica is going to have to step up. He came in and did an adequate job to finish up the game. Uh, but going to be pressure because we know that San Francisco defense very, very solid, and Greenlaw's a catalyst, but Nick Bosa's a beast, and uh, they've got playmakers for sure, Warner and those guys. So uh, as good as this Detroit offensive line is, they're going to have to – everybody's going to have to play their A game. And it starts with the center, Frank right, Ragnow. Right, and that guy's the center was also banged up in that game. Right. I was going to say it starts with him, but he'll be ready to roll. He is a lot of fun to watch. Glasgow, very solid right guard as well. And Penny Sewell, we remember him coming out of Oregon. And we knew this kid was going to be good. And Detroit surprised some people when they did take him with that first-round pick. And he has panned out to be not only an adequate right tackle, but an excellent leader at such a young age on the offensive line as well. Yeah, of course, the thing you got to watch out with Ragnow is uh, you don't want him to have too many penalties. Uh, false start on everyone but the center. Yeah, right? There you go. I remember those. Yeah, for sure. Amon Ross St. Brown, also a lot of fun to watch him. Josh Reynolds steps up when need be. And to get the uh, tight end Sam Laporta back into the lineup right there when the postseason was starting, that was a big shot in the arm for the Lions as well. Yeah, no, they're a fun team to watch, and uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Detroit in the Super Bowl. Even with the defensive issues, that makes for an interesting challenge because the offense will be, uh, uh, will be a test for either uh, the Ravens or the uh, Chiefs defense. Okay, so the last game was uh, you know, one that we all anticipated was going to be solid, and it was. Yeah, there's no doubt. And you can go back and people can nitpick on Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. Let's face it, Kansas City played their A game. Uh, That was not the KC team that we saw during the regular season for the most part, but it was the KC team that we've seen the last several years, especially in the postseason, and they were stellar. Uh, Mecole Hardman, terrible line, had two carries and two fumbles, and uh, it was tough for him, but uh, he he off the hook because they end up getting the W in the game. I feel bad for Josh Allen. I feel bad for all those great Bills fans that I know that always seem to lose, not just lose, but excruciating losses big time and uh, come up short again. But let's give credit to Kansas City because they played their A game and uh, did a stellar job. And for Mahomes, his first road game, in the postseason, got it done big time. 
Yeah, and uh, I don't know that he necessarily was bailed out because they ended up losing uh, the game, but McDermott was bailed out for that uh, uh, hard-to-fathom decision for that fake punt when he did it. He was bailed out only because Hardman did that fumble that went out of the uh, uh, the side of the end zone, and they lost possession when they were about to uh, add another seven points uh, to their lead. Uh, Again, it's risk and reward because when you don't, you've got to realize, yeah, if if you get the reward and you're successful, great, you march down the field, maybe you score, but if you miss it from that point on the field, you're basically conceding a field goal to the Chiefs who would have extended their lead uh, and should have extended their lead but for that fumble. Yeah, you know, and I don't have a problem because KC only had 10 men on the field, so uh, Buffalo noticed that. But the play call, it was so, you know, it was there, and it was DeMar Hamlin, actually, that that was carrying the ball. But they had to get – there were a lot of bodies there. They had to get a lot of yardage there from a run. I think you could have had somebody probably that would not have been covered to where if you had somebody roll out and throw a short pass, I think then it may have worked. But, again, hindsight 2020. As soon as they see that it's a fake, all the defenders are rushing up to the line of scrimmage. Right. Exactly. I mean, and that's the thing. They needed a bunch of yards, not just two or three yards. It was a pass call. Right. Yeah, that's what what I'm saying. If they only needed two or three yards on the uh, punt, they would – probably would have got it but when you need eight so remember you know, you you're lining to... up what 10 12 yards behind the line of scrimmage so add the 10 or 12 yards that you need to get the uh, first down as well it's ca- kind of like with uh, your favorite play third and one and you're lined up five yards behind the center to get the snap there you go i know it drives me nuts it drives me that nuts. much more difficult and especially in that situation you know if you're ahead in the game i still wouldn't do it but certainly not when you're behind and you you need every opportunity to score that you can and you you wait for your time to to make those kind of calls not not in that situation there you, you go know, and gabe the midfield, maybe. yeah gabe davis was out too a lot of people are not talking about that look Khalil shakir is a good young wide receiver there's no question the youngster we got to see him at boise state for uh, his college career was a lot of fun. Stephon Diggs also uh, drops that pass. That was a darn good pass by uh, Josh Allen, too. So, And that's not one that Stephon Diggs usually drops. The veteran usually reels those in. But Gabe Davis, we remember in the uh, playoff game against Kansas City on the road a few years back, he had four touchdowns. So a uh, very big part of that offense for the Bills was not there as well. But everybody's got to adjust, and you've got to play with who's ready. Uh, when you go there. So now we've got KC at Baltimore. We'll talk about that when we get back. And also San Francisco in Santa Clara. They are at home, of course, against those Detroit Lions. And we'll get Andy Isco's take and breakdown on both those games. But AI, real quick, you mentioned Jim Harbaugh, of course, taking over for the San Diego Chargers. The L.A. Chargers, uh, again, still the most difficult one for KT just because all the games I used to go to, San Diego, and I actually worked at Jack Murr back way back in the day when Dan Fouts was still there. Uh, your take, though, as far as uh, Jim Harbaugh being hired there by the Chargers, I think you and I and most uh, people thought that if uh, the Chargers were going to make a coaching change uh, with somebody out of the collegiate ranks, it would definitely be Jim Harbaugh, and they ponied up the money, so... I, I think it's a good move. No, I, I like the hire. In fact, when we first talked about it back, I think, towards the end of the regular season when uh, Harbaugh was serving that suspension uh, for the final uh, games of the regular season, and there was uh, speculation that uh, that might uh, signal the fact that he's heading back to the NFL. Uh, the first thought that came to mind was the Chargers. You'd be inheriting a very talented team, a lot of key players at skill positions, receiver. They had, you know, Eckler, the running back. Uh, of course, uh, the, the, the gem of the offense is uh, Herbert, the uh, quarterback. And you had a, a 
defense with Boa and uh, with uh, Bosa and other talented players around them. So you're inher- you are inheriting a team uh, whose talent level is much better than what their record was for the past uh, uh, few years. So I think it's a good spot for him. He proved that he could win uh, in the NFL. Took uh, the 49ers to a Super Bowl. Of course, that was one of the more entertaining games with the blackout, uh, you know, third quarter and all that in the uh, Harbaugh Bowl, where Brother John got the uh, uh, win with the Ravens. Of course, that's the last time the Ravens uh, were in the uh, Super Bowl. Uh, so I think it was a good hire, and um, you know, look, uh, a, lot, a lot of players have liked playing for Jim Harbaugh. Tom Telesco, uh, former Charger general manager, and he's been in the league uh, 28 years already, last 11 as GM for the Chargers. He'll take over for the Raiders and uh, pair him together with Antonio Pierce. I know Hondo Carpenter not happy with the tandem because he thought Champ Kelly should have been that guy with uh, Antonio Pierce. If Pierce got the job, Pierce did get the job, and the Raiders hiring the head coach first and then the general manager. Your take on that move by Las Vegas? I kind of like it. I mean, again, again he he's has a lot to do with the team that the Chargers have, the talent that they have. Maybe his, his poor decision was in hiring uh, uh, Staley as, as the coach to coach that talent, but I think uh, a hidden benefit of that might also be, uh, since uh, the Raiders and Chargers meet twice a year and now they've got the former Chargers uh, uh, guy there as, as general manager, he knows a lot about what went into the drafting of a lot of the players that are on that Charger roster, the strengths and the weaknesses and the decisions that were made, so that might be a secondary benefit, but uh, uh, he certainly did a good job in assembling a team uh, in, uh, in, in San Diego slash L.A. Uh, while he was there. There you go. Uh, the unfortunate thing for Harbaugh and uh, whoever you know, takes over there GM-wise, I mean, they're in trouble as far as salary cap, $40 million over. So not a lot of flexibility unless you dump a lot of big contracts. So we'll see exactly what that roster looks like when Harbaugh is done with it as we go into uh, next year. But there's uh, plenty of football still to talk about this year. We'll talk about the two games with Andy Isco, the two championship games. AFC game will start up with KC and Baltimore, and then the nightcap, of course, will be the Niners at home against the Lions. We'll do it when we come back. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM, on streaming live on that Odyssey app. And before we go to break, real quick, Preventative Diagnostic Center, you know demographically if you fall between 40 and 72 years of age, your health could be wearing, and you don't know much about your uh, interior organs. Well, you can find out here in the Vegas Valley because Dr. John Pierce has the Preventative Diagnostic Center, the only scanner of its kind in the region. Gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease and lung disease. Talking about having the software to check for pericarditis, myocarditis, which is big with all the stuff that's gone, bad, gone down as far as over the last several years. So get in there. Check out your heart. Check out your other organs. Heart CT scan and calcium score special is phenomenal. One twenty-five for a six hundred dollar value. Significant other, absolutely free. The two of you can get in there, get your hearts checked out. Make sure, guys, you don't get blindsided by the widowmaker and ladies' number one killer of women year in year out here in the United States annually is heart disease. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. Comfortable scan takes a few minutes. A few days later, you get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. You can call now. Leave your name and number. They'll get back to you. Up that free educational consultation. You know the 702 area code for Vegas, 534 7900, 534 7900, 534 7900. Make sure you tell them Ken Thompson Sports X Radio sent you. Preventative Diagnostic Center, 534 7900. The website, pdcenterlv.com. Come back, wrap things up on a Wednesday night live at Steiner's. It is Sports X Radio, 101.5 FM K Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app. Be back with Andy Isco. Keep it right here.
favorite groups, a little stick figure coming back to wrap up a Wednesday night. KT Live at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo, 103 in the Vegas Valley. Got to give the Portland Trailblazers a lot of credit. Came back and won that game in Houston after getting jobbed last night, 137-131. So good, solid coaching there. Bucks also beat the Cavs, get a win and a cover, 126-116. Game does get over the total. Thunder up 11 at the half in San Antonio, laying nine. Suns blowing out the Mavs by 16 in Big D, 740 left fourth quarter. Warriors up seven after one, 38-31 over the Hawks. Meanwhile, college basketball rolling on down. St. John's just pounded Villanova 70-50, to beat the Cats by 20. Florida did get a win. It's the only game I hit tonight, 79-70. Covered the uh, closing number of four against Mississippi State in a game that stays under by a point and a half. Northwestern in a good one in Evanston. Leads Illinois, 74-72, a minute 35 to go in the second half. Marquette's up 14 with 3.40 to go, laying 18 to DePaul. Again, an interim coach there for DePaul's Blue Demons. Uh, all Ole Miss taking care of business, 69-45. Just crushing Arkansas with 5.05 left to go. In Oxford, tied at 53 with a good effort by K-State in the second half. Tied in Ames with Iowa State, 11-10 to go. Utah, Washington State, keep an eye on Wazoo. Pesky team up by 8-33, 25 in the Palouse, a minute 12 to go in the first half. Nevada, Colorado State just underway up there in Reno. New Mexico and San Jose State coming up in a little bit. New Mexico minus 8.5, 155 in Colorado at Washington. It is Colorado minus 3, 156. Meanwhile, on the ice, Seattle 2-0. They lead the Black. Hawks first period, five minutes to go in Colorado, a 2-0 lead over Washington, 13-35 to go second period, no score, Buffalo and the LA Kings just underway, and I gave you all the other finals a little bit earlier. Uh, St. Louis also a 2-0 lead over first place Vancouver after one up there in British Columbia. Okay, Andy Isco, uh, we'll go three minutes on both games. Let's start it out, KC at Baltimore, Ravens minus four at home. Who does Andy Isco like in this one? Well, since the middle of uh, the season, I'll say probably around uh, Thanksgiving, maybe a little earlier, it appeared that uh, the Super Bowl matchup would be Baltimore against either San Francisco or Philadelphia. Those were by far the three best uh, teams in the NFL at that time. Dallas, you might throw in there, but it was basically because of their home performance. And Baltimore was really consistent all year. And, of course, Philadelphia collapsed, and San Francisco was pretty steady. They had that three-game losing streak in the middle of the season. Uh, but those were the two teams that, that he were coming down the stretch, figured to be the, uh, uh, the matchup. Uh, anytime you can get Can- with Kansas City with Mahomes as an underdog, you have to take a look at it last week. Even though they were only getting two and a half, uh, they managed to not just cover but win the game outright. Maybe uh, the linesmakers are telling us something when they open this game three and a half to four, figuring that with what Kansas City did last week, proving to everybody that they could win on the road in a playoff game after all that success that they had at home over the years with the, with the, with the Holmes, is that maybe they think that Baltimore is the right side and that they were expecting people to gravitate towards the three and a half and now the four on uh, Kansas City. I just happen to like this Baltimore team uh, for a number of reasons. They are so well balanced on both sides of the football. Kansas City, this is the weakest offense that Mahomes has had since he's been the starting quarterback at the same time that 
that's more than made up for by the uh, uh, best defense that Kansas City has had uh, in those uh, uh, in, in those uh, five six years that Mahomes has been the starter. So I could make a. I, I wouldn't be surprised if either team uh, wins this game, but my preference is to go with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, who's likely to tie uh, Mahomes with the second MVP when that award is announced. Uh, I, I think what it'll be maybe next week or so. Um, it's the tougher. It's the tougher for me of the two games to uh, uh, to handicap because of the fact that you've got uh, two really good uh, defenses going up against uh, well an offense that's still very very good with the homes and I think an offense that has been underappreciated. Look at the number of times Baltimore put up 38, 30 points or more uh, this season going up against uh, a very good defense. So my preference is for Baltimore. I've got them winning by seven or eight points in this game and advancing to the Super Bowl. All right, Lions, Niners, Lions uh, catching seven now, a full seven total of 51. Looks like the weather will be perfect in Santa Clara. Yeah, and this game has floated back and forth between six and a half and seven every time someone took the, or enough people or enough money came in on the uh, uh, on the uh, the Lions to drop it to six and a half. Uh, money came right back and moved it right back to uh, forty nine or seven. Uh, again, you've had uh, two teams that uh, defend the run very very well. San Francisco has been much better at running the football, but one of the stats that I look at uh, uh, is not yards per pass attempt, but yards per pass completion. What happens? when teams complete passes. San Francisco was number one uh, defensively this year in allowing just 9.6 yards per pass completion. By the way, that's another stat that says that the Baltimore-Kansas City game is very good because Kansas City and Baltimore ranked the number two and three defensively in yards per pass completion. Detroit was number 32. They allowed 12.3 yards per pass completion. That's a huge difference. It also means that they tend to give up bigger pass plays when they are successful uh, than uh, does San Francisco. And that that matchup, I think, is going to be uh, the key. Where I expect San Francisco to have success throwing the ball and getting those 20, 30-yard pass plays complete, whereas Detroit may not. Even though I I like uh, St. Brown a lot, uh, the the San Francisco defense has excelled uh, basically all year. The, uh, you, know, you can understand four of the uh, San Francisco five losses. The one perplexing loss was that loss to Baltimore. Even though they outgained them, they were behind the whole game, so I don't really put much stock in the total yardage edge that the 49ers had in that game. Now, as far as, as coaching goes, of course, you've got uh, a lot more experience with, uh, uh, with Shanahan and the 49ers as far as playoff experience compared to Campbell, although I do like Campbell and if I were going to rate the two coaches, if I were going to say which coach is more likely to make a, a bad coaching decision at a critical point, I'd say it's Shanahan. We saw what he did when he had that big lead as offensive coordinator with Atlanta against the Patriots in the Super Bowl, that 28-3 lead. And we saw what he did in the Super Bowl against Kansas City when they were leading that game 20-10 to with about seven minutes, I think, in the fourth quarter. Kansas City scored three touchdowns to win that game. So I'm a little concerned from the coaching aspect, from a, but from a talent level. One of the things I like about the 49ers... Yeah, I- well, I like a lot about the 49ers. I've got them winning. My play in the game, I actually did a money line parlay on Ravens and 49ers. The two favorites pays about even money. Great stuff, Andy. Let's go. Sorry, bud. We'll have to get out because a uh, heartbreak. Going to get out in just a second. At Andy, or I should say at Vegas Andy 711. Follow him on X that way. And uh, always great insight from the great Andy Isco and Mark Lawrence on a Wednesday night live at Steiners. That'll do it till tomorrow on a throwback Thursday. You know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas at Steiner's Pub, Sports X Radio, 101.5 FM, K-Dawn. Streaming live on that Odyssey app. 
Ken Thompson for producer Mark Hoke. Have a great evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. God bless, folks. Good night, everybody.